Did I know this was going to happen? Not in so many words, no. But did I see this coming? I'll put it this way. Unlike some people, I know where the right place and when the right time will be. So, yes, when the two of them found me, I was right where I needed to be. They threw around earnest promises of a brighter day, and there wasn't a single tell, not a note out of place, that said Bartholomew Lax was lying to me. Well, except that their mouth was open. Something about her, though. She didn't say a word the entire time. Didn't need to. Some people fill a room just by standing in it. So I gave her what she wanted. And I got the hell out of the way. Welcome to Spindle Wheel Stories. I'm Sasha, your host and game designer. You can find me on Twitter at Sasha underscore Rinell and follow all my game dev stuff, including uh, Spindle Wheel at Tea Cabbage. Uh, today we're playing Spindle Wheel Festival, and uh, with me is Kavi. Hi, uh, I'm Kavi the Fodori. You can call me Kavi. You can find me on Twitter at your uh, at your girl KV, and you can find the game I'm designing at twitter.com slash songs for the dusk. Hell yeah. Please do check that out. It's incredible. Aww. So yeah, today we're playing a Spinnable Festival. Um, a couple of things up top. We'll be using um, the X card, which is um, a social safety measure. If something makes you uncomfortable in any way, tap the X card and we will replace it with something better. Um, cards can be uh, discarded here for the same reason. Um, but if you're just unsure of what to make of a card, read it to the group and ask for suggestions. Other people can make proposals, but only the person playing the card can define it. Uh, the other thing is bleed. Spindle Wheel is inspired by tarot, which is a practice especially suited for self-reflection. Uh, tabletop games let us project ourselves onto fantastical stories. Spindle Wheel is a combination of both. As a result, it's very easy to project yourself onto the cards, which can lead to bleed. Bleed is when uh, your real-life feelings, thoughts, relationships, and physical states spill over into your character and vice versa. This is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's something to be aware of since the deck might deal unexpectedly dark cards. Take care of each other and don't be afraid to discard cards if they don't fit the tone with your story. Um, we'll also be doing check-ins. So the X card is really good for immediately curtailing a bad situation, but sometimes we aren't capable of asking for what we need in the moment or don't have a full understanding of what went wrong until later. Uh, the check-in phase uh, lets us review what happened, re revisit the details, and revise as needed. Um, this happens periodically after world creation, character creation, um, uh, major events, and you can also call for it at any time. The story that we weave in Spindle Wheel is a living document. It is mutable and flexible, and it will come away from these, these alterations a better story for it. If nothing needs to be changed, the check-in is great for flagging things you're excited, about, excited about, expanding with details you just thought of, and celebrating the cool things your friends just added to the story. So that's all of that. Um, I want to take a moment to shout out. There's a really good section in the Spindle Wheel rules that I think, I don't remember the paragraph off the top of my head, but it is titled No Procedural Generation Without Curation. And it is just such a fucking smart, like, <laughs> I like tweeted about this and I'm coming back to say it again because it's so good. Thank you. <laughs> um, is it in here? Hang on. I'm f fucking sure it is. I just don't remember where I put it. 
It's either in this or the other document. Um, but I can I can just find that really quick if you like. Procedural. Oh, I guess it isn't in this one. Uh, maybe it's in the not open beta, which is the same URL, but without the open. I I had I made two versions of this game when I was submitting it to Indicade, and then I like freaked out because oh no, it says don't don't update the the file after you submitted it, and I was I just gave them my like open beta file. So I made it a different one. So there's a little bit of version control that sometimes does not get done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I ended up rolling planned 0.31 updates back into 0.3 mm. because our goal was end of February and we finished 0.3 in like the first week. Mm. And it was a good thing that I did because I definitely was so eager to make those 0.31 changes that I like had some version control issues myself. Yeah. <laughs> It's a hell of a thing. Game design is, is hard, y'all. Um, when will we have GitHub but for tabletop? <laughs> when? Pro- that's probably just GitHub, actually. I, to it. some degree, yeah. But I also, like, when will we have GitHub but, like, actually designed for tabletop? Yeah. Good point. So the, the paragraph is, as uh, described, is no, pro- no procedural generation without curation. It's tempting to let the cards fall wh- where they may because you don't want to undermine the power of the draw. But while Spindle Wheel is often eerily insightful, it's not infallible. At some point, you're likely to draw cards that run counter to your story in a way that makes your stomach turn, or you might generate a world or character you simply aren't interested in playing. Scrap it. Discard the cards. Draw again. You're the one who powers the machine. You get to decide what kind of stories you want to tell with it. So smart. So good. (laughs) So yeah, I should go over how to read a card, I guess? Sure. That seems important. That seems like the, the, the core mechanic of this game. Maybe it, it would be good to know <laughs> would be good to know how to do. Okay. Um the core of Spindle Wheel, the fundamental verb is interpretation. Each card represents a particular idea. The cards have text on them to, to, to do so. Um and the two sides of a card are different. Um they can be like polar op- opposites or just two sides of the same of the same coin. Um, for instance, the card that I drew here is the grave. A devastating loss, a bone healed wrong, or closure gained, last word spoken, the end of an era. Use the card as an anchor for the part of the story that you're telling. A card can be a person or an event. It could be an attitude or a physical object. You can use as much as the entire card or as little as a single word, whatever the, the situation calls for. So yeah, that's how to do that. <laughs> okay. And uh, first, we will interpret the world together. So I've laid out these five facets, and I'm going to flip them, and we'll read through them together. Mm. Oh, a strong start. Okay. What do we have? We have Plague, Trickster, Bridge, Shadowthorns, Fool, and Raised Glass. That's a good combination of words. I like that. <laughs> so the core, um, the heart of the situation, the dominant driving force, is Plague, Death, Contagious, and Slow, or a, weather- a Well-Weathered Curse, a Broken Fever, and Acquired Taste. We, we can flip any of these cards if we want. Um, mm-hmm. And Trickster, a mad god, thoughtlessly cruel, giddy with malice, or quick and clever, bane of the greedy, enemy of those in power. That's the crossing that complicates the core. Mm-hmm. The plague of a mad god is a compelling... It is. It is a very compelling concept. <laughs> it's a very fantasy thing, you know? Like, yeah. The, the, this is the like opening crawl to a to a JRPG. The plague of the it's mad the opening god. crawl to like Star Wars, but without. I mean, honestly, it probably could be the opening crawl to a Star Wars movie. Yeah, 
the plague of the mad god is spread across five worlds. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So yeah, the plague of the mad god is spread across five worlds. Great, I love it. It's good. Uh-huh. Um, Boone, what helps the core is fool, close-minded and stubborn, faith born of spite, or wide-eyed and open-hearted, unfettered by cynicism or context. Close-minded and stubborn seems to fit. Um, which is like, sorry, my brain is freezing. It's, you know, there's, there's this unwillingness to cooperate across regions affected by this plague. Mm -hmm. The sort of isolationism that's like, ah, if we just cut, if we seal our borders then no infection will cross. Yeah, absolutely. And the, like, we've done everything right. It couldn't happen to us. Mm-hmm. Like, face part of spite. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and that's part of what's helping the plague spread, actually. Yeah, of course. Which fits with the Bane perfectly, because the Bane is a raised glass, which is a new bond forged in remembrance of those who have been lost, or a canteen passed along the trench, a drink shared with an old friend. Yeah. That's- so maybe that's what it is, right? It's like uh, a set of, there's an organization of doctors or something, and like people, medics, like, you know, medical personnel or people who've stepped up to have to like volunteer in like plague shelters and, and things like that who have like seen people be lost this plague. Yeah. And they've like learned from that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very much like the, the thing that's coming to mind here is like the White Lotus from Athar the Last Airbender and like the Legend of Korra. Mm. Where it's like this super, you know, it's this like, as much as the sort of nations are at war or like separate, there's this sort of super national or international group that, that, you know, tries to move beyond those concerns. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with the very factioned thing that's been set up, like these, these people can move through these spaces mm-hmm. um, without being deterred. I love that. Mm-hmm. Cool. The desire, what the core wants most, is shadow thorns. Shadow-bound sprites whose blank eyes blink and sharp mouths chatter. Or ambush creatures in the dark with curling hooks that trap and tear. I am fully just imagining, the, like, Kingdom Hearts Heartless. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's Kingdom Hearts! We just invented Kingdom Hearts! We just invented Kingdom Hearts! Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to Interstitial, an actual play <laughs> podcast. Jesus. <laughs> well, I'll be playing Chris Angel. <laughs> uh, oh my god. But yeah, it does feel like that, right? It's like, not just the Heartless, but like, um, I'm just drawing from every kind of media, but like the Beast from Over the Garden Wall or like any of mm. that art of like silhouettes with like white eyes. Yes. There's yeah. probably a little bit of the taken there from Destiny. Oh, absolutely. Oh, good. I'm so glad you got that reference. Okay. <laughs> oh, the taken are the coolest looking faction. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Oryx is my boyfriend. Um mm-hmm. So here's here's my question. Like Uh-huh. It sounds like this is the sort of end result. This is the goal of the of the Plague of the Mad God. Mm-hmm. So is it to have sort of like eyes in the walls of like these watchers and speakers or is it in an I army? mean I feel like it's army right like plagues don't um I mean what we're suggesting here is this sort of like taking style when you die of this plague you come back filled up with you know you come back as a shadow thorn and like that's like that's not this tactic of a spy yeah 
Like this is not this is not a sub- subtle manipulator's weapon. This is the weapon of a conqueror. Absolutely. Um, so I feel like it's it's raising an army. Nice. And the plan, how the court intends to get its desire, is bridge, a choke point, a shortcut, rope and wood haphazardly lashed, or a stable connection, a thoroughfare, a mountain hollowed. This is really interesting in in connection to our our sort of segmented um, community. What does a choke point inspire? Like, at at this sort of national slash planetary level, whichever one we decide is... Well, I mean, on either scale, I feel like a port, right? Like... I was going to say, it's either a, I mean, so a choke point is sort of like a, you know, everyone has to go through here. So yeah, a port fits, maybe someplace that is like a resource that everyone needs, you know. Yeah. Oh, a resource that everyone needs. That's a lot. Yeah, guarding something like fuel that's like only found in one area or something. I like that. Yeah. You you need this fuel to, to go between planets at any any kind of rate, but... Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's perfect. It should be... Pl- okay, it's planets then. It's like helium-3 or whatever bullshit that they mine from gas giants. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? I, I like also... Have you played Lady Blackbird? I haven't. Okay, so what Lady Blackbird's like... Lady Blackbird is very much set up in this sort of like steampunky cosmology, mm-hmm. where it's like there is an ether that hangs in what we would traditionally think of as a void Mm -hmm. um and like you can like get on sort of normal ass sailing ships and just sail beyond the atmosphere of your planet and then just like go to another planet huh yeah it's like there's this the sense of space is being much smaller and having this breathable atmosphere this like it's not void right it's just whatever happens to be beyond the sky oh it's more like treasure planet yeah yeah something like that i've not seen treasure planet it's uh, good. It's yeah. a very similar vibe. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's something like that, right? Like there's these airships that fly into the ether and like fly between planets. Oh fuck! What if it's the ether? Just straight up, it's the ether. Like, what if you infected the ether? Because that's the choke point, right? Everybody's got to go through it. Yeah. Yeah, and like that's how the, that's how planets isolate themselves, right? Is they can make these like that's they install true voids in the ether. Oh my god. Um, and you can't cross the true void you need that medium to to move across this space so the idea is to reduce everybody to um a single sort of ether choke point to like the sun or something Mm -hmm. and then like infect the sun oh my god or infect the ether or something yeah 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 absolutely or like get back to the source of the ether right like the yeah whatever that is maybe it's like a maybe i feel i feel like that is the sun also yeah it is the sun Good. Perfect. This rules. What <laughs> a terrifying entity. <sighs> Beautiful. This okay. is so good. I this game is good. Play this game. <laughs> Thank you. Hot takes here on Spindle Wheel Stories. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's read the world's fates. So picture these as a glimpse into the history of the world. Um, the first card is Clotho, the root of the world's current state which is heat wave, uh, the first spring thaw, a thermal updraft, a warm embrace, or dead air, oppressive heat, unrelenting drought. First spring thaw. I was just thinking of dead air, actually. I, yeah, I'm, I, I think my sort of dead air seems more obvious. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested in what the first spring thaw would be, because mm-hmm. I can't think of what that is. Hmm. Although on second thought, actually, it's a little, it's easy now that I think about it. It's like, ah, this first spring thaw, ice melted, the old mad god woke up. Ah, yes. Uh, What's the other one? 
the other side is dead air, oppressive heat, unrelenting drought. That's sort of more ominous, right? Yeah. It... Because it just means that this has been a problem as long as anybody can remember. Or at least that's what it implies to me. Yeah, that that does, like... That is the question of, like, how recent is this? Like, is this something that we've entrenched and that, like, has been chewing away at this community for centuries? Or is this, like, very, yeah. very new? This, I, I like the he- I like the version of this that's, like, this plant, this solar system has been, that this is, like, a centuries-long plan. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Because mm-hmm. then we get we get into like entrenched, but probably not actually that that effective um, methods of dealing with the Mad God's plague. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Lachesis, the current state of affairs, is volcano, a dormant goddess, a cooling island lush with sprouts, a season of peace, or thunder and fire, a column of ash, lava black and crackling red. A dormant goddess interests me. Mm-hmm. Just gonna play out the Oryx versus Savathun conflict. <laughs> Listen, we woke one god and it didn't work. Maybe we will wake another god and it will work. Yeah, I love that. No, that's good. Like using gods against each other, wielding gods against mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hey, that's hey, the plan. Turnabout is fair play. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we found we found another god. Uh, we're we're gonna try to wake her up, maybe. Uh huh. Good. This is a great plan, and it will not backfire at all. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Atropos, the common held belief of what's to come: stone soup. Under the veneer of impassive stone is fragile flesh dressed in sand, or find abundance in fallow ground. Squeeze the blood from a stone. I'm blanking on both of these. That is really interesting. It's like. So we have these two gods, one of them is awake, the other isn't, and we have these communities that are locked away from each other on these different planets, and we have this ether, which is both vital and also quietly poisoned. Mm-hmm. I like find abundance in fallow ground here. I like the idea of... I Okay, I think that the prevailing thought of the day is that the void is the way to go. Um, oh, I see. Oh, that's good. Abundance in fallow ground. Exactly. God, that's like actually a motto, isn't it? Like on some propaganda po- posters about the void. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, abundance and fallow ground. I can't think of a company that isn't just like a real company. Oh, for the for the company that's in charge of making more void. Or for one of them at least, Rayheed. Rayheed. That's not. I shouldn't do that. But okay. it's not Rayheed. <laughs> But yeah, right, like, the propaganda is definitely, like, abundance and fallow ground, the void will keep us safe. It could be the veneer. What would that be? Oh, no, I mean for, like, the name of the company. Oh. Yeah, Veneer Industries is a really good name for a company. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we got it. Good. Um, so, we should pair the desire with an event. So, the desire card is a card that you'll earn over the course of the game by queuing events. Events are scenes described by the event's name. For example, a conversation, a cataclysm, a gift, that start with the two cards we stacked in the event slots. In this step, you'll pair your desire card with the event that best aligns- Wait, where do we get our desire card? Uh, they are right up here. It's it's part of the five facets. Oh, okay. The top one. Yep. Right. Sorry, I thought this was about one of our specific desire cards, not the worlds. Yeah, no problem. Okay. We, we, just, we also do this for the world. Um, in this step, you'll pair your desire card with the event that that aligns best with your plan. 
When the event paired with your desire is queued during the game, the spotlight, or narrative focus, turns to your character as their, as their desire finally presents itself within their reach. You'll have the opportunity to narratively earn your desire card by playing cards from your hand in the ensuing scenes. Uh, to set this up, answer the following question. Considering your plan, what event will you play through to get your desire? Place your desire card on that event stack face up. Cataclysm. <laughs> Are you sure it's not a sabotage? There's that's a that's a compelling argument, but I feel like the sabotage has happened. That's true. No, yeah, this is like final stage. Yeah, right? Like sabotage was step 1 of this plan. Cataclysm is sort of the the checkmate. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. So put that on there, and then I'm going to leave these cards here so that we can refer to them during other stages. But yeah, I wanted to quickly check in. So check-ins can be requested by anyone at any time and are integrated into the game at the end of world creation, character creation, um, introduction, and after important scenes. Uh, You can call for a check-in if you spaced out for a second and need a review of what just happened, want to address something that made you uncomfortable, or had an idea you wanted to add to something. Call for a check-in to review. Hang on, what just happened? Uh, Revisit. I'm not comfortable or satisfied with this. Can I add or subtract or tweak this? And revise. I'd like to flip or replace or discard this card or aspect of the story. Revising details may lead to large shifts in the story. That's good. The canon you're building together is mutable and flexible, and it will come away from these changes a better story. Replay the scene with a new take and move forward with these changes in mind. If nothing needs to be changed, the check-in is great for flagging stuff you're excited about, adding details you just thought of, and celebrating the cool things your friends are adding to the story. Do not leave the check-in phase until everyone is satisfied with how the story is going. Spend as much time in this phase as you need. Take breaks, have discussions, hold space for each other, and take and give feedback in good faith. I'm incredibly pleased with this. I'm yeah, so no, excited. Yeah, no, it's fucking fantastic. One thing I do want to pin down is how many planets we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. My inclination is to say five, because that feels like a good number. Five is a good number. Yeah, I mm. like it. I like it is the thing. I also love this space that is like... We can be as science fiction and as fantasy as we fucking want. At the same time. Yeah, it's like, I'm glad that we're both familiar with Destiny because I fully want to be on my, I'm sure this will be a great surprise to people who've read my game, but I'm here to be (laughs) as on my Destiny bullshit as possible. Gonna fight some wizards on some moons, absolutely. Yeah, wizards on moons. All right. And then, so next is characters, right? Next is characters. So we will do the same kind of reading, but individually as our own characters. Um, I've laid out two spreads on the left or right. Which would you like? Uh, I'm going to roll a die. <laughs> okay. We'll go one is left. Okay, I'm going to be on the right. Okie dokie. Cool beans. We'll flip these five facets and then read them. And when you're ready, uh, describe your character to the group. These are all fantastically named cards. <laughs> oh, I love this. I'm a fucking scoundrel. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, my card is the adversary. That's my central (laughs) idea. Great. Oh. (laughs) Are we? We're both terrible people. (laughs) Sometimes it's like that. (laughs) Uh, My central identity is proud, venomous, obsession, unswayed by reason or patience, or childhood rivalry where the opponent or a moving finish line. Very good. (sighs) <sighs> and then my... These are all so good. What do I name this shit, Lord? Um... <sighs> oh, no, I don't... Hmm. Oh. My boon is... My boon is cops. Oh, no! <laughs> my boon is sheriff. Enforcer honor guard the steel grip of martial law. <laughs> oh, bud. You can discard that if you need to. 
Yeah, I think I might. I could see something for Honor Guard, but... And then just draw one? Yeah. And put it there? Okay, that's better. <laughs> cool. Holy strictures. Oh, fuck. Well, okay. It was a good... <sighs> I fucked up. I fucked up a little bit. How... Wait, like how? I, I tried to... So I thought that I was just regular mouse, but I was in fact text mouse, and then I accidentally made a, a, a text on top of my, my bane, which was Oracle at the time. Um, oh, and then and deleted then, the card? And then deleted the card, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna grab that again, because I have that power. Assuming I can find it. Who is Dippled? Uh, Dippled is a reference to a poem in the Spoon River anthology. Um, mm-hmm. Dippled the Optician is my favorite poem in, in that collection. Right. It's not an especially good name, but it is one of my favorite poems. No, it's so, a great uh, name, actually. I love... Dippled's Lens is a really good name for a card. Thank you. Lens is just a really good name for a... Lens is a good word. Yeah. Okay. That's how I intend to get my desire. Ah. Uh, okay, I think I have a sense of who this character is. Nice. Do you want to talk, talk about Yeah, so um, my, my core is adversary crossed with overgrowth, um, which is like childhood rival, worthy opponent, moving finish line, and resurgence of life, nature reclaiming abandoned places. Uh, which is to say, I think I am some kind of scientist who is trying to hijack the shadow thorns. That is intense. I think, I think ultimately this is about stopping the mad god. Mm-hmm. But this is also very much like... Um, Actually, you know what? I want to take... I think I am one of the few beings who is as old as the Mad God. Because I like this childhood rival thing. Hmm. Yes. I think my plan is still the same thing. And what my plan is, is to sort of like undo or like... I'm playing the Traveler. I've just realized. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like overgrowth of resurgence of life. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, although I do think it's, I, th- I do think it's different because I think this is about specifically sort of reversing. This is a sort of about infecting the infected, right? Mm. That I can take shadow thorns and convert them to, to my cause. Mm-hmm. My boon is holy strictures, warnings and fable, lessons in parable, history and folklore. I think I've been here for a long time. I think I've been influencing a lot of cultures. And then my bane is Dippled's lenses, a misdiagnosis, a lack of direction, a paralysis of choice, which is that I think that the Mad God is just very good at hiding. Hmm. Yeah. And they're very good at misleading people into, like, what its plans are. That's out of a gambit, yeah. Yeah. My desire, what I want most, is snake oil, a simple solution to a complicated problem, which is I want to kill the Mad God. <laughs> <laughs> Easy in theory, <laughs> difficult in practice. <laughs> Straight up and down, yep. Yeah. Um, How I intend to get my desire is apostle, true believer, zealous prophet, servant of the pious. It's either that or it's the discontent, the faithful gadfly, persistent and critical. I'm not sure which one of those I'm leaning towards. Um, Mm. I have a sense for what true believer could be, which is like, I don't know, you know, hijacking one of the most powerful shadow thorns or something. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what Gadfly would be. I'm interested in, like, I don't know. If you have thoughts, I would love to hear them. That's intriguing. Yeah. Um, Faithful Gadfly. There is something there. Like, there absolutely is. Yeah, I feel maybe like a spy or something. I have an agent inside the Mad God's domain. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking. The Mad God lives in a fortress that is inside the sun. And I have someone in that fortress. Fuck yes. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Does the Mad God live there or is the Mad God locked in there? Both, I think. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I really want to know which one came first. Me or the go- Mad God? Living there or being locked in there. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's locked in there. Um, in my head, it's very much like this is the, because the sun is the place where he's sort of built the, like, because we know the sun is the source of the ether, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, that's probably the best place to be for the Mad God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that he wants to be here because he wants to eat the system. Yeah. But also it's interesting if that's because someone shut the sun, as it were, and he can't get out. Yeah, I I like the idea that this was a struggle that, and maybe you were a part of this long, long ago, like a a struggle where the mad god had roamed free. And the theory was, you know, lock him in the sun, problem solved, and then that backfired. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was part of a, I think it was part of a plan that's like, we'll lock, we'll pin him down in his fortress, and we'll then punch into his fortress and we'll, we'll, we'll take him out. Mm-hmm. And that sort of neck, that second part of the plan never quite crystallized. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that's sort of the idea is like, he's pinned down there, but you know, it's also his fortress. Ah, oh, what a good stalemate. Yeah. I love it. Uh, What's your cool character's name? I have not gotten there yet. Okay. Well, I can, I can describe my character in the meantime. Sure. So my core is godless, a curious outsider, a wonderkind, crossed by windfall, a beginner's luck, an old habit, a new scar, or a fortune lost, a secret uncovered, a bullet dodged. I think that I am very much, like, I'm on the small scale here. I'm like, I'm person sized and mm-hmm. person aged. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm... I can be person sized. I've I... been known to be person sized. <laughs> Yeah, but I can't not be person-sized. Yeah, that's fair. I could be slightly larger than person-sized, and then I need to take a break. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, like, a, a freelancer would be the kind way of saying it. A grifter is probably the more accurate way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, poppy flute. Yeah, poppy flute, take command of your audience with a kind word and a catchy tune. I'm charismatic, and I'm handsome as hell. I've got a great smile. Um, uh-huh. I have infectious enthusiasm and an honest handshake. Like, everything you need to... Um, to to fool people um, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's real and true and that's what makes it uh even more deceitful mm-hmm. um my bane what works against me is oracle small town seer happy medium crafter of household miracles it, this is either i don't i'm not even sure that it's my reputation right because it's like sometimes people can see me coming right yeah. and see straight through my bullshit and send me packing as as well they should uh-huh. um what I would like is priestess, uh, a calming presence, a reality grounded, a divine purpose, and I think it's I think it's that simple. It's like it's a little bit of column. I should I should probably go like straighten out and, and fly right and go legitimate at some point, mm-hmm. and maybe that's you know coming right up on it because I've I've burned so many contacts and I do actually have to return to that port at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a legitimate business partner would really help me there. Mm-hmm. But also the um, the divine purpose of like oh wow so, this is good like <laughs> I've been floating from thing to thing and never really uh-huh. you know settled on anything and I don't uh-huh. I've d- I've done nothing with my life more or less mm-hmm. um, it's just been for the next big uh-huh. score um, 
And I'm starting to feel that. I'm starting to feel that kind of, mm-hmm. um, but both that that isolation and that listlessness. Um, a wandering grifter looking for a divine purpose while just in the shadow of gods preparing to go to war is a really good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and my plan, how I intend to get that desire, is darkness, shadows cast on the cave wall, or a curtain thicker than the absence of light. I think shadows cast on the cave wall is fake it till you make it. I think yeah. that's what that is. There is something to be said for a, a curtain thicker than the absence of light as leading into the void. Oh my god, yes. I like it's just that. like, what if you if you cut off... If you get to a world and the world is cut off, your past can't catch up with you. That's true. Yeah. Trapped on the other side of a curtain thicker than the absence of light. Yeah, that would be handy. That would, that would circumvent so much personal growth. That'd be so much easier. <laughs> yes. I mean, beautiful. maybe that's what you're struggling with, right? Is yeah. like, which of, do I try and be honest? Do I like switch gears and then like try and fake being honest until I can actually be honest? Or do I just like lean into the person I was and run away from my problems? Yeah. I've got both of those options is, is the thing. Yeah. I gotta figure out what that's going to look like. That's really exciting. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Also, I figured out my character name. Yes. I am called the Witch Chimera. That's so good. My name is Bartholomew Lax. Oh, there's a comma in there? I didn't... That's awesome. Yeah, the Witch Chimera. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was like a a chimera of witches. Um, I mean, she isn't not. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Uh Very good. Um, next comes uh, your character's fates. Um, so picture these as a snapshot of your character before the story starts. Do you want to read yours first? Sure. Both those. Oh wow, that's a good. That's a good set of words. <laughs> Night tilter windmills teethed on tradition, malice bred by boredom, or well-armed soldier, a banner bearer, a champion. That's Clotho. How you begin? Yeah, I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. I think I should probably lean into... Yeah, I think it's Tilter of Windmills, Teethed on Tradition, Malice Bred by Boredom. I think once I was a young god, um, alongside the Mad God, and we were confined, and we were bound by tradition, and we were extremely bored, and we got up to some shit. (laughs) And because we are gods, that meant playing with the lives of millions of people. Um, my current fortune is Angel, Ancient Machinery, Abandoned in Disrepair. I think in the war to seal the Mad God in the sun, um, he tore my godhood from me, and I don't know if I can fix it. Wow. I think I'm still very powerful, but I think I'm not. I feel like what makes a god, and I'm leaning a little bit into the sort of destiny mythology here, but like, the Mad God is immortal to some degree, right? Like, the Mad God has died and resurrected himself before. Mm-hmm. And I used to be able to do that, and ever since I sealed him in the sun, I can't. Mm. Um, it's broken, and I don't know how to fix it. Whew. Progenitor, a precedent, a familial tie, a wa- the water of the womb, a surrogate, a found family, the blood of the covenant. That's your Atropos, how you will end. So, the Atropos is uh, mechanically uh-huh. uh, important. Your character's Atropos may seem like a glimpse of what awaits them at the end of the game, but it's not a passive fate. Your Atropos will be your swan song. <clears throat> your final move. It's the card you'll play to end your story, and you'll decide what it means then. 
Um, so you'll keep your Atropos card face up on the table in front of you until you're ready to play it. Okay. So you don't have to interpret what this means now. You can if you would like, but... Mm-hmm. I have ideas, but yeah, I'll, I think I'll leave it for now. Um, and we'll see what it happens when it is played. Fantastic. All right. So for B- Bartholomew, um, Clotho, how you begin, is Duchess, passionate ally, generous patron, lavish host, or bad with money, hostile to criticism, detached from reality. <laughs> uh, uh, I have one that I would like it to be, but I suspect it's the other. <sighs> it is funny to interpret this literally also, and just to think of Bartholomew as a former Duchess who spent a lot, who made a lot of very bad investments. Oh, that's 100% what happened. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, some gentleman adventurer asshole shit. Like, Yeah, right? Literally former nobility. Yep, a series of extraordinarily bad mm-hmm. uh, investment decisions. Mm-hmm. And didn't expect it to bite them in the ass. Mm-hmm. Just had no concept of it. Lachesis, your current fortune, is changeling. An odd blessing, a mystery unquestioned, a strange pallbearer. Or a stranger behind a familiar face, unpredictable and uncontrollable. I like an odd blessing here. I think that I got lucky recently. Mm -hmm. And so I have a ship and I have a crew. Yeah, weird. Uh, Yeah. Who could have set that up for you? It's super weird. I don't know. Just a mystery in question. I don't. I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to get to the next planet. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll figure it out there. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and Atropos, how you will end? His second son, a moon out of orbit, starved of companionship, seeking completion, or stricken from history, unseen in mirrors, unreflected in lakes. Really good. Oh, Bartholomew. Oh, buddy. Oh, Bartholomew, sweetheart. Okay. This is all very cool. I feel like this is a good place to take five? Yeah. Okay, and then we can come back and, like, get into play. Well, there's there's one one last thing we should do before we get into that. Okay, we can do that then, first. It's 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 a quick one. It's entanglements. Um, our characters' lives are tangled together by life bonds, responsibilities, or dumb luck. To tie an entanglement with another player, declare who you want to have a tie with. Each of you, play a card from your hand that describes what binds you. For example, this is what I need from you, what you want from me, why we can't avoid each other. Exchange these cards into each other's hands. Is our hand this board? Yes. So not your not your atrophos, not your desire, because c- we still need to place desire on an event, but we can do that when we come back if you would like. I was thinking about, um, I wonder if there's something to be said for trading the Lachesis cards. Ooh. You know, like what I was implying before that I gave you your ship and crew. God, that's really good. I love that. Um, and then I need you to do something for me in terms of ancient machinery that is disrepaired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I love that the gift that you gave me is the ship is actually an old junker. Like, it's... Yeah. The fact that it runs at all is a fucking miracle into itself. That's mm-hmm. great. That's very good. I love that. Listen, you're good at lying. <laughs> I know. Just tell yourself that it's a good ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's got good bones, you know? They don't they don't build them like they used to. Uh-huh. For a good reason, because it sucks. But they don't... It's, you know, one of a kind. They don't build them like they used to thousands of years ago. <laughs> Ah, okay. Fantastic. So when we come back, we'll place desires and then get into it. Sounds good. Hi, it's Sasha with a housekeeping break for you. 
If you like the show, please give us a review on iTunes and tweet about the show using the hashtag SpindlePod. This also helps people find the game, which is an open beta, and which you can print and play for free at tinyurl.com slash spindlewheel openbeta. As for the meta, there are a few small tweaks to the rules this episode, namely to the introduction, that put it in a place I'm finally happy with. Playing for the Arbiter on behalf of another player gets you acclimated to thinking about each other's characters as much as you are your own, and rewards paying attention and being a fan of each other's characters, which is aces. This'll be the last festival game for a while. I have some other modules I want to run, run for the show. I should clarify, the show isn't cancelled, and we're still going to be playing Spindlewheel. I just feel like 20 episodes is enough to give a good idea of how f- the festival module is played, and it is developed as it's gonna get. But, like, I can't imagine a higher note to go out on than this episode with Kavi. I'm so enormously pleased with this, with this episode. That's it for the meta. Thank you to Mike for the interim theme, Golden Threads and Mist. You can find him on Twitter at me and ampersand. Let's get back to the show. Hello. Hi. I have managed to name all the planets in my absence. Yes. Um, Thank you. Uh, from inside to outside, they are Hermes, uh, Synapse 2, Melisma, Coral, and Pinnacle. I'm not sure about the last one. I think I've, I my two options are Pinnacle or Lighthouse, and I'm not sure which one I like more. Oh, both good. I like Pinnacle. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. Is Synapse 2 a sequel, or is there no Synapse 1? Um, Hermes is Synapse 1. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, uh, so before we get into it, we should pair our desire with an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this works the, the same as with the world. Um, so, given your plan, um, what what event will you play through to get your desire? Place your desire card on that event stack. I think mine's a duel, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to pull snake oil over there. Mine's either. It's it's fun because because I'm still conflicted on what my plan is actually going to be. Whether I'm actually you know uh-huh. gonna gonna go legit or continue my bullshit. It's either. An invitation, a wager, or a conversation, an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's an invitation, a wager. Actually, mm-hmm. um, there's there's something vulnerable about an invitation. Um, yeah, that I think works really well. Yeah. So, because like Bartholomew's thing seems like not liars don't like being vulnerable. No, drifters <laughs> do not like being vulnerable. No, not super into it. No. Okay, so first I'm gonna I'm gonna put the arbiter's deck together. Uh-huh. Um. So. So the Arbiter is basically the GM AI. Um, whenever we need a reaction from the world or whenever we take a, take a second to reflect, um, then the Arbiter takes a move. Uh-huh. Um, and either of us can draw from this deck and interpret uh, for each other and sort of figure out together what the world does in response. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to collect these. And whenever, whenever we draw a card to answer a question, that card goes into the Arbiter's deck. Right. So I'm going to flip these and... Uh, yeah, that's as shuffled as they're gonna get. Um, and then the world's Atropos is by no means guaranteed. We'll find out at the end if it came true. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna keep that there. And then... Um, oh, Stone Soup is... Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. I was like, I've already forgotten it. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. The void will save us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so your hand is your character sheet. Um, you'll draw into it to describe uh, how you feel or change and play from it to describe what you do or say. Uh-huh. Uh, a card does not have to, to uh, maintain the meaning it had when you first got it, and you can play your cards in any direction you like. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm just going to take these cards out of... I'm going to keep them on the board because it's easier to read them here than it is in the hand on roll 20. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm just gonna gonna dissolve the the sort of hierarchy of the um, right, and then just put them five facets of it. Yeah, right, and then you preserve Atropos, and you can get rid of everything else, or un- undo the yes arrangement of everything else. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Um, a quick check in. Um, how are we feeling about this? Great! Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> this game rules. <laughs> fantastic same i'm so fucking excited yeah like oh my god good you know we thought about dormant goddess and i didn't realize that would be me (laughs) you are you're kind of oh you totally are Mm -hmm. yeah oh we should name the mad god too we should name the mad god um greek monsters (laughs) oh you know what's a really good for a a creature that lives on um on the choke point is um Scylla or Charybdis, yeah. or possibly both. Yeah. I was also thinking about Satyr, um, to lean into the Mad God aspect of it. Mm. The Warlock Satyr is a good name. <laughs> That's so good! That's extremely Destiny. Yeah. The Warlock Satyr? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, that's, that's them. Uh-huh. I'll put that down. Um, Where is that? Let's see it. I'm just putting that in the NPC sections, and I think we'll we'll draw up for the for the for the Mad God at some point. Mm. Um, yeah. So introduction. So we will go around the table in three rounds. Um, round one is ask a player a question about how the world reacts to their character's presence. That player draws a card from the deck to answer, then shuffles that card into the garbage deck. So my question for you is: um, How known do you make yourself to the people on the planet? Not at all. Oh, wait, I guess I have to draw and answer it that way. Yeah. Okay. It can be the same, this just uh, adds more yeah, context to it. right. Um, artisan, master of none, governed by moods, blinded by an un- unattainable ideal, a skillful hand, a practiced eye, a weathered tool, and a clean slate. These both fit. Mm-hmm. I think in the history of... Oh, I should. I didn't come up with a name for the star either. <laughs> I think in the history of the star system, there have been a number of folk tales about a blindly determined witch. Mm. And I think that's the sum of my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Very I'm good. Put this over and then put it back in the deck. And then you ask me a question. <sighs> How many worlds do you have have arrest warrants out for you? And which ones, also? And which ones? Also, which ones? <laughs> wow. Luck. A called shot, a shifted spotlight, a lucky win, or a placed bet, a lapse in judgment, a false positive. Uh-huh. Um, here's the thing. All of them. But, but, mm-hmm. I recently had a job where I broke into the records and I wiped all that away. Uh-huh. I've got a new name and no one's on to me about it and it's fine. And it's fine. And it's totally still true. Uh-huh. <sighs> <laughs> Perfect. 
So round two is draw a card from the deck into your hand. Read the card aloud to the table and use it to reflect on something that worries you. We'll do the second part in a second, but first part. Great. Uh, so I drew Leviathan, scale beyond reference, ambition outside of reason, servant to nothing, or a mindless hunger, a tireless machine, crude oil burning in seawater. So this job that I was on, that um, that cleared my name, as far as I know, also put us in direct contact with the Plague of the Mad God. Mm -hmm. It was like basically infiltrating an archive that had been abandoned uh, because of, of the Plague's presence here. Right. And I, I went there with, with a couple of other crews, and I watched as those crews became infected and turned on each other. Yeah. And the, like, it keeps me up at night. Mm -hmm. That just scares the shit out of me. Yeah. I did not expect to, to have such a close brush with that. With Seder's Plague. Yeah. So that's been worrying. I feel like Seder is just enough of, like, that person, that guy, mm -hmm. that... It has been named Satyr's Plague, even though people don't know Satyr exists. Hmm. Mm hmm Yes, I love it. Mm hmm And now I will describe what worries me. Mm hmm Vampire. A legendary monster, cold-blooded noblesse, a parasite. Or, vitality to the dying, life to the dead, vengeance to the wounded. I, I'm trying to come up with something more... I think in some ways, actually, I like this. I think it's that... I can see... It's similar to what Bartholomew's feeling, right? In that Chimera can see on a grander scale what Bartholomew saw in, minis in miniature. Mm -hmm. Which is like, that is happening all over the star sector. Crews are being hijacked, they're being, you know, being infected by, by the plague, being converted into these sort of negative beings. Mm -hmm. And it is faster than I can pluck my own champions from them. Mm, yeah. They've stolen some back, I bet. He's stolen some back from me. Oh my god, yeah. That legendary monster, right? Maybe it was some of your best. Yeah. It was It was losing one of my best weapons. Mm. And then it was a legendary monster. And it, you know, it's, I think, I think whoever that was was dead now. Um, has been killed by, like, my other champions. But mm. it was a hell of a blow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to change this really quick. Yes. Okay. Um, so the second half of round two is once everyone has reflected, play a card from the Arbor's deck. Describe how this card's effect on the world plays on another player's anxieties. So I will go first as, as example and attempt to shuffle this very, very lightly. And flip this. Um, huh. Trickster. Quick and clever, a bane of the greedy, enemy of those in power, or a mad god, thoughtlessly cruel, goody with malice. God, ugh. <laughs> I like... Hmm, okay. Um, so tell me what you think of this. Mm -hmm. um, what if the there has been a coalition between the planets, like when, like sort of the last remaining hubs mm -hmm. of like contact between them, mm -hmm. and they have had a scare and they have sh shut down. Mm -hmm. Enemy of those in power. So they shut down the alliance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. It's like the collapse of the synapse agreement. That's so good, yes. Um, is what they call it in, like, the news. Mm -hmm. There's a very good scene of, like, you know, that's the headline on all the news channels. It People read it in, in, in like, papers and, like, ether ports. Yes. It's all anybody can talk about. What happens now that the synapse agreement is gone? Yeah. 
Maybe Veneer Industries can clear out some more of the ether now. Yeah, maybe, you know, with those sanctions gone, Veneer can actually get some work done. Yeah. Ugh. Hellish. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <Word. laughs> <laughs> Gross. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and so if you would, if you would play, uh, on my behalf, I would appreciate that. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna take this top card and flip. Heat wave. The first spring thaw, a thermal updraft, a warm embrace, or dead air, oppressive heat, unrelenting drought. Which world are you on right now? Let's see. Oh, look at that. It's a beautiful list you've put together. I'm on Melisma. Mm-hmm. Every day you hear of a Shadowthorn attack, and it gets closer and closer to where you are. Oof. Just like every day, or not every day, but it's like every two days, every three days, you know? Mm-hmm. On Monday, there's one halfway across the world, halfway across Melisma. Thursday, it's on your continent. On Saturday, it's on the other side of the nation that you're in. On the next Monday, it's like in your, in your province, yeah. And they're all like, it's not, this isn't conquering, right? It's random. Mm. You know, they appear in, in I, I sort of imagine them appearing very much the same way that the Taken do appear in Destiny, mm. which is like they just drop out of portals in the sky, out of these tears in space, and, you know, run screeching um, at, you know, any living thing nearby. Mm-hmm. And they appear and, you know, Melisma just deploys its armies, um, and they're killed and pushed back. But, you know, people die in these attacks. Yeah. Some people are taken in the attack. Some people are converted into the Shadow Thorns. And it's just... I mean, it's one of those things where you can read a pattern into things that, that maybe there isn't one and maybe there is. Mm-hmm. But it sure feels like they're getting closer and closer. Yeah. Unrelenting drought. And like, even if I look for patterns there, there's no warning before it happens. Yeah. There's nothing mm-hmm. to prepare for, really. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Round three is engage the world by playing a card to describe how your character reacts. What do you do about it? Uh, I have to look at my cards. I have a sense for what I want the thing to be. I just can't... I'm trying to figure out if I can... So I could either skip town, which sounds like the smart thing to do. Uh-huh. Or I could try and stay and, like, it's a good card for that. Um, I have a sense of what I want um, Chimera to do. Go for it. Um, I think this is Changeling, and I think it is what it is, is, like, Bartholomew meets one of their contacts, you know, one of the people who, like, they run scams with or something, or, like, get tips from. Mm -hmm. And they are behaving very strangely. They are not behaving at all the way Bartholomew expects them to. And I think they pass an invitation, like a tip. Oh? Yeah. Like, it's just a very well-sealed invitation. I wonder what this looks like. It's like, I think it's red with black lining, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're really like, they don't want to talk about it. They're just like, this is all I have for you. Changeling, a stranger behind a familiar face, unpredictable and uncontrollable. Mm. Does that go into the Arbiter's deck now? Uh, no, that that just goes on the board. Okay. Yeah. So this is sort of how we construct scenes, is we just play cards onto, on, onto each other. Right. Like, near each other, really. You know, I'm gonna take... I'm gonna take that. Um, I'm playing Windfall, Beginner's Luck, An Old Habit, A New Scar. 
I think the old habit here is that, like, this is very weird, but I've had really good uh, interactions with this contact in the past, and, mm-hmm. like, sometimes you have off days, and I'm, like, making a really big gamble, assuming that's that's what, what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be, it'd be really nice to just have a win here, so I'm gonna take it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. These actions display the two fronts for storytelling, uh, reflecting the interior character and engaging the, the exterior plot. On your turn, you can use one card to reflect or engage. Uh, to reflect, you draw a card from the deck into your hand. Read the card aloud to the table and use it, use it to describe how the scene makes you feel or change. Whenever a player reflects, play a card from the Arbiter's deck. When engaging, to make something a canon part of the story, play a card on the board and describe how you act, what you say, or what details you add to the scene. To act on another player, put the card in their hand. There's also asking a question. Asking a question is a free action. Ask anyone at any time about anything. If the deck answers, shuffle that card into the Arbiter's deck. Uh-huh. So now we can move from here into events. Um, so once once all the characters have been introduced, determine which event has been queued. The game takes place within events. Events are scenes described by the event's name that start with the two cards in the event slot. To queue an event means to indicate with character action or player prompting that you want to play it next. When someone queues an event, starts a conversation, tries a challenge, causes a cataclysm, etc. That player decides on an event, then flips those two cards, crossing one over the other like the core. Use these cards to frame the scene. An event can be the focus of the story, additional details to round out facts already established, or just the backdrop to the scene. If there's a desired card, spotlight it in the description. Go around the table, engaging or reflecting on the scene until it feels the scene ends, or another event is queued. Often, the scene will roll directly from one event into another. Choose takeaways as you transition between each event. Once the scene comes to a a satisfying close, check in. Queue events early and often. So not to jump you to your desired event right away, but I did just <laughs> literally give you an invitation. You did very physically offer an inv- invitation, yes. Mm-hmm. And that, that's delightful. I think that works super well. Mm-hmm. So let's go to that. So I will put this up here. Um, and as a reminder, my, my desire is legitimacy, either given or earned. Mm-hmm. A calming presence, a reality grounded, a divine purpose. Mm-hmm. And I will leave you to flip and cross those two cards, if you will. So what do these cards do? They inform the core of the scene? Yeah. Okay. So we have magic beans, a misdirection, a dream sold, or gutting the golden goose. Or within a seed waits a mighty beanstalk, a precious jewel, a strange-headed child. And we have the fallen, a would-be martyr with delusions of sainthood, a powder keg in want of a spark. Or a sheep fleeced, a chump bamboozled, a chronically unlucky sucker. Well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I think I want to make the fall in the crossing. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to make magic beans, mighty beanstalk, precious jewel, strain headed tile, the upright core. I think the way this scene works is that, like, so, are, like, are, th- are there any special rules for framing this? Or can I just, like, say stuff? Pretty much you can just say stuff, um, mm. keeping in mind that the de- the desire is spotlit here. Yeah. But, like, just fucking make it up, yeah? Yeah, I think the invitation is to a house. Melisma architecture in my head is very much, like, European, very close-cut cities. Mm-hmm. Like, roads that are not big enough for cars. Roads that were built before cars. And, like, that people are squeezing through. Lots of cobblestone. Lots of very, like, it would be bad if an earthquake hit. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Melisma does not have a lot of earthquakes, I think. Um, 
I think it is a thunderstorming evening. Lightning striking the sort of like towers that protect Melisma from its heavy storms. And I think there is just an enormous house with the dark blue night like lit by these gold street lights. Um, And I think the address of that house is the address on the invitation. Hmm. Um, And the invitation reads something like, Miss Chimera formally requests your presence at time and place to judge your worthiness for, uh, what's the word for like, what's the formal word for job? Ah, that's a really good question. Contract? Contract. Contract. For a contract of remarkable magnitude. (laughs) Beautiful. Um, okay. Well, I'm gonna spring for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna... Okay. Well, one option is to bring a gift of some kind via Duchess. Mm -hmm. God, that's so ostentatious. It might actually be that. Yeah. Like, sees the address, goes, oh, it's one of these houses. Uh And then just, like, suits up in their old attire, right? Like, Mm -hmm. their fucking old money attire that they still have. Yeah. Specifically for this purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And um, bring some sort of gift what did they what do they bring i'm gonna draw for it um the fountain um industrial fall off leaching ruin the venom in a serpent's corpse or spring water trickling down rocks tide pools teeming with life yeah i think i I'd say okay go ahead no please what oh i was just imagining like a marimo <laughs> <laughs> this little uh i feel little, like that's like... not off the wall like no. yeah but i i do like a little creature thing mm-hmm that's really cute just like in a in a beautiful little decanter that it's it's a very temporary housing thing right to keep it in like you're gonna need to put this in an actual tank mm-hmm. but like the presentation is just exquisite mm-hmm. so stick that in there and yeah i i show up i'm dressed to the nines i have i've got my little my little fountain friend mm-hmm. um tucked under under what is dressed to the nines what does bartholomew look like actually bartholomew is pretty average looking on the whole I think has an asymmetry to their face that is very pleasing mm-hmm. um, and has like fairly long hair and they usually keep it up in a variety of braids. Mm-hmm. Um, but today it is uh, down across their shoulders. Right. Okay. I think the person who opens the door looks like a destiny Titan <laughs> um, in the sense of like big, very plate armor, mm-hmm. very much evoking that sort of like, imposing stature um Mm. it looks like they've been passed through a photo negative filter like several times so that like it's it's sort of like when you run a person run a phrase through google translate Mm -hmm. and then run it back several times like that but for the way light plays across this person oh my god so like it's still clearly the same person but it's not quite right um and i think they say um something to the effect of Right, the witch is just this way. And, like, they lead Bartholomew into a parlor. There is, or not a parlor, a dining room. Which is, like, there's this very... I think there's a table that is, like, long-ish. Mm-hmm. Just long enough that, like, there is a weird distance because Chimera's at one end of it. Crazy. And then Bartholomew is, you know, sat at the other. Mm-hmm. Chimera, I think, looks mostly human. Mm-hmm. she's like a like an olive skin woman like uh southeast asian features i think she has like probably shoulder length hair uh that's like tied up and she's dressed in like red i think hmm. so like yeah olive brown skin and then like 
Also, there are hints of other things in her, right? Like, she's got feathers on her face. <laughs> um, she's got gills, I think, on her neck. They're, like, there are patches of her arms which are scaled instead of flesh. She has a tail, I think. It looks like a lion's tail in, like, this, like, white fur. Mm. Of These are many of the things she's been before. Fantastic. And I think Bartholomew has served a very nice dinner. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen... Free food. Yeah, free food. Hell yeah, free food. Um, and so do we, do we just, like, what's the deal with cards and just, like, with regards to roleplay? Um, whenever you say something that feels important, you should play a card to support it. And also you can only, you can only play one card at, at a time. Okay. I'm gonna start with Knight. Alright. Which is Tilter of Windmills, Teethed on Tradition, Malice Bred by Boredom. I'm leaning very hard into the Tilter of Windmills here thing. Mm-hmm. Because I think the thing Chimera says is something to the effect of, Bartholomew lacks. You are a very good liar. I can be when when the occasion calls for it. I would like to call for a very, very good lie. Two, in fact. I'm here to commission two very good lies from you. Two very good lies. Well, you give me the notes to sing and I'll, I'll, I'll belt them for whoever needs to hear them. Um, poppy flute. Take command of your audience with a kind word and a catchy tune. I think she smiles at that very slightly. And I think she says, Good. I need you to lie to my corpse, and I need you to lie to the sun. I beg your pardon? My corpse and the sun. That's what I thought you said. Okay. (laughs) What am I saying to your corpse and to the sun? You are to convince my corpse that she is still alive. And you are to convince the sun that we should be allowed in. Oh, those are some big asks. I haven't had a whole lot of discussion with death. It's been sort of uh, a badge of honor for me. Uh, I This star system is born of war, Bartholomew Lax. You are to convince my corpse that she is alive. Because without her, I cannot match the god that hides in the sun. Okay. So, I don't think that Bartholomew Lax is an especially uh, spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> So this conversation is fucking buck wild. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maintaining a very polite smile on their face mm-hmm. uh, and, and nodding and listening. And there is a very, a very uh, subtle shift in demeanor with them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Shadow's Castle on the cave wall here. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never lied to the sun, but certainly plenty of things go beyond its notice and it is not impossible to deceive it i have faked dying before so that's not outside the the possibilities it will require you to do some things that won't make a whole lot of sense at the time are you willing to do that i have she like snorts and she's like i've just asked the same of you (laughs) allow me to tell you a story bartholomew certainly and i think this is holy strictures um lessons in fable in history and folklore. I think the story she tells is a riff on myths that Bartholomew has heard, or like folk tales. This is like, she is telling a story that like in the real world would evoke Red Riding Hood, right? Or like it would evoke Cinderella. And she says, once there were two children who were very, very smart and not at all very wise. And they could play with stars like they were toys. They juggled worlds as if they were the balls of a street performer. They collected people like marbles. One day, 
one of these children decided that he wanted all of the marbles he could ever find. And so he set out across the cosmos, star by star by star, eating and eating and eating and eating. And the girl followed him black hole by black hole by neutron star by supernova, trying desperately to save the worlds that he would so easily devour. And then, some millennia ago, I sealed him into the sun, and he cut my godhood from me and killed it. I want it back, and I want to kill him much harder than he killed me. And if I am very lucky, perhaps I will save your system in the process. That is a very interesting story, Ms. Kimura. I want to, oh, I should have established something. I meant to say this before. As she tells this story, it's very much like, I can't pin down any specific movie in this, in which this happens, but it's one of those things where, like, the room fades out, and, like, the chair and the table they're on, like, are replaced by images of the story that she's telling, right? It's like Chimera and Sater as, as children playing together. Uh, Chimera, or, or Sater, you know, eating eating star systems and like you know taking their their people chimera trying to follow follow the trails of of like dead stars and the history of their long war you know worlds burning champions that they dueled over uh the battle in in the star of the system so like she also she is very clearly established that she is magic yeah. <laughs> I meant to say that beforehand, so it didn't sound like some weird shit she was making up. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's how she sort of demonstrates the truth of her story. I have a question, which is, uh, on, on the sort of broader scope, how weird is it to see magic in this world? Like, probably not very, but like, is this is this distinctly unusual? I think this is distinctly unusual because it represents power. Mm-hmm. Like, people can do... Bartholomew has probably learned... Like, I feel like magicians have learned real magic tricks. Mm-hmm. In the sense that they can make a coin disappear by, like, teleporting it into their pocket or something. Yeah. I think this represents... I mean, I think Chimera is, like, the the echo of a god, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a moment here where, like, the background fades out, but also, like, Bartholomew's feet dangle. Mm-hmm. Like, the floor is gone. Yeah. And that usually doesn't happen when someone puts on a light display. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it is not an illusion. No. They are suspended during that light show. Cool. So I think what Bartholomew says in return, once they have sort of composed themselves, still still clinging to this, this little fountain friend, mm-hmm. sort of like clutching it on, on the table, probably. Um, they say, maybe it's both of these. Um, Which card are you playing? Sorry. I'm playing. I'm playing Oracle, uh, small town seer, happy medium, crafter of household miracles, or soothsayer, bell ringer, wild eyed prophet. 
this can be done, but it will require very particular timing, which I cannot provide, but I know someone who can. And so I want to... (laughs) I want to draw up for a new NPC, the the Oracle who will still take uh, Bartholomew's calls. Or maybe not, we'll find out. Uh-huh. So to draw up for a new NPC, uh, you take two, two cards from the deck and cross them, and then use them to sort of describe the character. Okay. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's fair and it's valid. Uh, nightmare, fears justified, omens fulfilled, and grandmother's ring, and old grudge, a tepid piece. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Uh, so it's absolutely someone whose predictions have never, ever, ever been wrong that I don't have a super good relationship with anymore. Uh huh. Um, a new partnership, I, a steady alliance. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's great is that, like, they saw all of it coming, so they weren't surprised by it, but they were disappointed. Mm-hmm. It was it was probably just like a really basic grift of like oh here's a a beautiful priceless thing in in exchange for your services and the thing is like some garbage yeah um and it's like I shouldn't have expected more from you but I did mm-hmm. what's what's their name I'm trying not to just go to Cassandra because we're already so deep in Greek myth <laughs> yeah it's yeah same I was like that that seems a little too on the nose um um I think uh, torchlight. Torchlight's great. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm gonna go by Torch. Good old Torch. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's gonna be... That's gonna be either a conversation or a challenge, I feel like. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I feel like we've come to the end of this invitation scene. Yeah. So, at the end of... Um, the end of an event, a quick check-in. I'm enjoying it very much. I'm having a great have... time. Very good. Yes, beautiful. Okay, so... Um, Takeaways. After check-in, ask each player, what is your takeaway from this scene? Take a card from the event, or draw a card from the deck to describe it. This card goes into your hand. Okay. I'm gonna take magic beans. Mm-hmm. I suspect from um, everything that I've seen in this mansion so far that I have access to uh, some powers that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. So I will take that, and I think that will be useful later. Uh, I am leaning towards... God, I could be. I'm. I can't decide whether I want to take ju- Duchess and invoke the sort of generous patron, lavish host, passionate ally thing, or mm. if I want to take Fallen and really just lean into Bartholomew being so fucked. <laughs> Both of these are good. Is the problem? Uh, yeah. What's the other side of Duchess? Bad with money, hostile to criticism. I want to take the Fallen because I think right now both both versions of the Fallen are interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Take that into my hand. Alright, so next we ask for the Arbiter's deck, what haven't we seen the last of? Take a card from the, the event thread, or draw a card from the deck to describe it. This goes into the Arbiter's deck. Uh, there's something to be said for Trickster here. Um, there's something to be said for Changeling. For Poppy Flute, maybe? Yeah, Poppy Flute's not a bad one. I have a very interesting- I have some interesting ideas for what Changeling could be. Mm. But I think Poppy Flute might be a little bit more flexible. Okay. Yeah. I think Poppy Flute plays better off the elements we already have, whereas, like, my ideas for Changeling involve introducing new elements, mm-hmm. um, and we've got plenty of those already. Man, so many good cards in this in this fucking scene. This is a good game. Really hard to choose. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the rest of these are retired, um, and that event is not played again. 
Um, so the desire up there is not cleared. Um, it stays up there until I can um, narratively justify that I've earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, in which case, I can take it into my hand. And other other desires can go up here as well. Right. It's not like one slot. Mm-hmm. Um, so take those. Stick those in here. All right. Up to a conversation and ultimatum. Yeah, that seems right. Cool. Tapestry, Loom, and Empress. Interesting. So Tapestry Loom is a factory line, a cathedral in progress, the masterpiece of a generation, or the mainstay, the cornerstone, the common thread in a complicated plan, and Empress, consumed by the big picture, unconcerned with mortal frailty or unrivaled sovereignty, a master tactician on and off the battlefield. What an incredibly good pair of cards for Torchlight. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be this with consumed by big picture as the upright and then tapestry loom is crossing um Mm -hmm. i think that we when we come to torchlight they are currently working for the raised glass right the the sort of faction that can move between um between planets with ease right and are trying to figure out what to do now that the synapse coalition is has been has collapsed uh, yeah yeah has collapsed and I think they do take the call or the meeting, as it were. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of those things where, like, Bartholomew takes uh, Miss Chimera to the base of operations and catches Torchlight while they're walking from one place to another. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, you have until I get to my office to, to finish talking. Yeah. Um, and they're fucking busy. Yeah, and it's like, like <laughs> this feels weird because, like, the person you've described Torchlight to previously is, like, a person with a fortune-telling shop. And now they have, like, a uniform? I I think we, yeah, I think we expected to find them in their sort of household miracle yeah. station, and we found them here instead. Okay, so how does playing NPCs work? Typically, the Arbiter's deck acts on behalf of NPCs. Mm-hmm. So if we wanted to, um, to see what their reaction is mm-hmm. to us, or to the plan, or to whatever, we can draw from, from the Arbiter's deck to figure that out. Sorry, I'm not quite sure how to frame this scene because you're the you're the one who was like, we need to go to Torchlight. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I do actually have something I can do, so that works. Um, so I'm gonna play Magic Beans. Uh huh. Gonna make this within a seed waste a mighty beanstalk, a, a precious jewel, a strange-headed child. I think that I don't I don't quite tip my hand mm-hmm. at this point, but I do provide I I do key them into um like. What would you say if I told you that I could end Satyr's plague? Mm-hmm. Right, that's the lead-in. And then it's like, what is what is Bartholomew asking of Torchlight here? Because um, I feel like they'd be like, uh, holy shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that we need to draw for that. Um, yeah. But I think I think the, the conversation is like, I'm representing someone of incredible influence and power. Chimera, like, waves... Very daintily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, there there have been plans to combat this in, in, in the past, but nothing to this scale. And what I need is... What I need is for you to have some faith uh, in what I'm asking and to provide me with some, mm, let's say, delicate information. <sighs> Okay, so I guess we would draw from the deck to find out how they react here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. Oh, Fred. Ophelia's Garland, allow those who crowned you to change who you are, 
or a wilting flower crown, a dubious honor, a sickly and desperate face. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to think about what this means in a way that does that isn't just um, torchlight stonewalls, Bartholomew. Because, like, that's the easy one for allow those who crowned you to change who you are, but it doesn't move anywhere. Yeah. Move the story anywhere. Um, well, the wilting flower crown, the the sickly and desperate faith, especially the dubious honor, actually, mm-hmm. of, like, of Torchlight finding themselves in a dubious honor that, that has them making a lot of decisions that they really don't want to be making. Right. Um, a sickly and desperate faith in Bartholomew. Yeah. Yeah. Who is a very good liar. Who is an extraordinarily good liar. And odds are good that they're just saying this so that they they can get access to the, the raised glasses assets, right? Like, Yeah, but it's hard not to believe when they say it. Yeah. Yeah, that seems right. They let Bartholomew in against their better judgment. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's just what they say. It's like, this is against my better judgment, and also I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I understand this, and I respect it, and you're not wrong. Um, Come on, this way. I very much appreciate it, yes. Um, um, I don't know if there's a lot more to that, except for, I. what did you, I'm interested to know what you, Sasha, thought Bartholomew needed to find out. I don't know the specifics, like, personally, as a person, but I think it's like, you know, I'm gonna draw for it, I'm gonna draw for it, because I like drawing for things. Um, good lord. Oh my god, Bartholomew. I pulled Bandit. Uh-huh. Highwayman, robber baron, wealth taken by fear and force, or gold-hearted thief, lover of justice, defiler of law. Yeah, that's a hell of of an ask, my dude. Yeah. Wow, the raised glass are really at their wit's end, huh? Yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, I need to know where all of your supplies are going and when. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Torchlight, like, we've already set up that Torchlight agrees to this. But I think they just put their face in their hands and they're like, I hate you. I hate you so much. I Come on. And Torchlight leads this strange pair into an office and there is a shipping manifest and Torchlight takes the shipping manifest and then leads them to a different office where there is a copy machine and Torchlight makes a copy and then they return the original. Yeah. And they're like, and they like shuffle these two out, like, Bartholomew? Yeah, Torchlight. Hey. Uh huh. I don't know you. I've never met you. Also, I hate you. Torchlight, you are a blessing in my life. And I will make sure that uh, you don't regret this. The feeling isn't mutual. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Door slam shut. That went so much better than I was expecting. <laughs> I feel like that's seen. That's gotta be seen, yeah. Flip that and stick that in the Arbiter's deck, which is fucking terrifying, but I guess that's where we are. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Um, we we chose t- takeaways, right? We did that? Um, no, we... No, th- this was a short one. Yeah, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't do takeaways for, for conversation, no. I think that I'm gonna take Priestess. I feel like this has been the first evidence of, like, having you along has very clearly given me legitimacy I did not earn. Yeah. So I'm going to take that. Um, but this is also very literal divine purpose. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. I am going to take Empress because uh, 
unconcerned with mortal frailty, <laughs> and master tactician. Yep. What haven't we seen the last of? My inclination is to say Ophelia's Garland, but I could also see an argument for magic beans. I like magic beans. I like the uh, the the possibility of getting the golden goose. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Put that and stick that That's a good one. <clears throat> cool. The rest of these are retired, and we go to the next scene. So we've gotten the manifests. A challenge, a gift. I feel like a revelation, a cataclysm. That's going to be really good for for the like, the next one after this or the last one. That's my yeah. feeling. I guess here's um, my question: Like, what is what's Bartholomew's plan? <laughs> that's a fine question. Um. I sort of assumed you had one. <laughs> Bold of you to assume that. Um, I I think it's like so. Okay, so my goals are to trick a corpse into thinking that it is not dead, and uh-huh. to trick the sun into al- allowing entry. Yeah. Um, and the way that I'm going about it is, I need a shipping manifest of everything that's happening in the system. Uh huh. Um. In order to time something very particular. So, okay. I'm just looking through the events. A challenge, a gift, a revelation, a cataclysm, a trial, a duel, a vision, a sabotage. A trial, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh, I think I, I, I know what it is. It's um, it's Bartholomew saying, okay, this is just a, te- a test run. It is not a test run. And we're just going to set this up to see if this will work on, on the real stage. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, this is very, very delicate, very particular work we're doing. Uh-huh. Um, so this goes into desire now, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you, that puts your desire up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Which, if you would describe, describe that again, please. Uh, it's snake oil, a simple solution to a complicated problem. Easy in theory, difficult in practice. <laughs> so what you do is you find this laziest con man. You know, simple. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Keepers and the Sea. That's a good combination of names. I don't even know what these cards say, but... <laughs> Keepers, archivists quietly collecting gestures, stealing turns of phrase, or wandering monks speak truths that wound and knowledge that corrupts. And the Sea, the kiss of the surf against the shore, sunken treasures, nets full of fish, or not a drop to drink, an unfathomable distance, an abyss that light has never touched. Okay, I know what this is. So Bartholomew flips through the manifest, and the thing, like, I, th- I feel like they discard most of it, and the thing that they were looking for is the Veneer Corporation's plans for the next month. Mm-hmm. And the thing that they find here is that the Veneer uh, Corporation has been not working with, but maybe working along the grain of the Plague of, of Seder. Mm-hmm. Where there there is a moment in the transformation from how you normally are to Shadowthorn, mm-hmm. right? There is an instant just after death mm-hmm. where uh, the the catalyst starts to take form, and in this moment, in the unfathomable distance, in the abyss that light has never touched, mm-hmm. um, there is God. It really is Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <sighs> there is infinite potential. And uh, Satyr's Plague uses it to create um, its shadow thorns. Mm. But the Veneer Corporation has been using it to generate void. Right, and destroy ether. Mm-hmm. 
And this confirms what Bartholomew's theory was, which is that, one, that they were doing this to begin with because, you know, the sort of the red string between um, the Veneer Corporation and the uh, appearance of the of Satyr's Plague mm-hmm. seems encouraged, almost. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think that you... I think that this, this is a process that you are very familiar with, actually. Um, mm-hmm. This transformation of decay into new life um, right. is, is something that happens across the galaxy very much. Yeah. Very often. So Bartholomew's proposal is that um, it's a lie for both of your deceptions. Uh-huh. The sun doesn't have to keep nothing out, and it's in that moment just beyond the threshold of death that you can trick yourself into being alive again. Oh, that's so good. Right. Okay, that's really good. That's so good. (laughs) (sighs) So the trick is to get my corpse to believe that it is only just a moment past death. Mm -hmm. And then to trick the sun into believing that it can let the void come close. Yeah. Good. Really good. Okay. So, like, where is this happening? I feel like this is happening on Bartholomew's ship. Right. Sort of laying out this plan, um, telling the crew like what they in- intend to do, and it's it's one of those. Um, uh-huh. If if I had if I still had darkness, it would be the the shadows on the cave wall, where it's like this crew is very used to not super knowing what's what's happening, uh-huh. um, and and sort of acting anyway. And once the the plan has been explained to the crew, which I don't know what the plan is, we'll figure that out and play. Um, but once that's... has Bartholomew explained this tactic to Chimera yet, or is, or are they just kind of like? That's that's the the conversation once the um once the crew has been dismissed mm-hmm. is, hey, I'm gonna tell you what's actually happening here. Mm-hmm. I want to draw to see how I feel about this plan. Absolutely. What a fucking good card name! The right hand of Solomon Ash, <sighs> a spidering stress fracture, a tectonic slip in composure, a volcanic eruption, or patron saint of wound wounds endured, grievances borne, grudges held. I think that's right. I think she nods, and I think her tail is flicking back and forth, and I think she, like, crosses her arms and holds herself very tightly. Hmm. Yeah. I'm very ready to be alive again, Bartholomew. Um, and the Arbiter takes a move. Which I'm very afraid of. Oh, raise glass! Hey! Hey! Canteen passed along the trench, a drink shared with an old friend or a new bond forged in remembrance of those who have been lost. That's good? Question mark? <laughs> I think oh, that's good. I think that's good. Oh, I think what this is, is we reach a checkpoint, and we, uh, and we have, um, credentials from the raised glass to get through, mm-hmm. and it's fine. Oh, okay, so this isn't, like, the actual lie itself. Or the moment of lying to Chimera. Oh, we can we can move to that, yeah. Um, yeah, because that's what I was wondering, right? Is like, what does this mean in the context of... Oh, I like that so much better! Okay. Yeah. I think Chimera's... Um, I have a sense of where Chimera's corpse is. Mm-hmm. Or where her div- divinity is. Which is probably within, like... I think there is an old temple on Coral. Mm-hmm. And I think Coral is a much more watery world than the others, mm-hmm. uh, hence the name. And I think it's one of in these, it's in, it's in like the rainforest and like every forest on Coral is a rainforest. Um, 
but it's in one of these old, old, old rainforests that have not seen, like, um, quote-unquote civilization. Are we going to pick up your body? That makes sense. Yeah. Hey, what does your true form look like? What does this body look like? Uh, I don't know that it looks like a lot, right? Because I think part of this is that, like, Chimera has changed shape so many times. You know what? That's what it is, right? You know that spark? Um, there's like, it's like a ball of white light, I think, analogous to... It's like white light, but it has had that same filtration thing of like, what if you did the Google Translate back and forth a million times, but with photo negative and photo positive? And I think it is constantly in flux as if it is liquid, right? Like it's constantly, you know, exploding into shapes and then turning back into a sphere. You know, one second it's like a ball of like strange spikes and then the next it's like, it's like a sine wave rippling through it. And then the next it's tranquil. How big is it? Um, maybe the size of, like, I'm thinking a little, maybe, like, the size of a grapefruit? Mm. Mm, I I think it's, like, the size of a person's head. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love the idea of taking this and then going to the star and being, like, here is a trophy for you, (laughs) Warlock Seder. Here is a gift from us to you. Uh, and it is the body of your old, your old nemesis. Oh my god. Yeah. And like, I, hmm. So wait, uh, what is, is that raised glass? I think so. This card is doing a lot here. Yeah, (laughs) I'm wondering, because I thought this was originally just gonna be like, raised glass is like, oh, the new bond is forged because this works and I'm a god again. Mm. And then the, like, sun bit was gonna be a separate bit. Okay, uh, I'm totally okay with that. I can play a card to support that if you like. Yeah, I'm interested in this other strategy. I just don't know how to tie it to the card. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what does it mean to forge a new bond in this context? Hmm. Especially in remembrance of those who have been lost. Yeah. So what has happened is we've gone back to get your body, mm-hmm. and we are catalyzing it in some way. Mm-hmm. In order to attain the single point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the step just just beyond the, the threshold. Is this a connection that happens between Chimera and, and Lax? Is this something that happens That between... feels right. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's why... I mean, I came to Bartholomew Lax, the best liar in this system. That mm-hmm. feels like the connection... Like, that feels thematic. I'm gonna draw to reflect, then. Like, mm-hmm. what does that do to me? Magician, skillful and clever, a scientist, a pragmatist. Oh, this is a great card for this. Smoke and mirrors, an entertaining liar, misdirection, and sleight of hand. So you just feel fucking great about yourself, don't you? I feel so good about it. But also the thing is that, like... I want to see how I I feel. Keep going. I am made dis... I am made distinctly aware of, like, I feel like I'm laid bare to some extent. Like, you can tell just how much of this I have been making up from the start. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't, I mean, no magician likes to share their secrets, and so this does not feel extre- extremely good from that respect, but... Um, There's also this pride in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so mine was Black Book. Um, mm. the, one of which is bribes taken, murders bought, secrets recorded. Holy shit. Uh, but the other one is an old memory, a family tree, a private journal. 
And I think Chimera is very much reminded of someone they used to know. And I think it, I, I, I don't know that I super want to go into detail about the memory, mm-hmm. but I think they, I think they're, I think it is a happy memory. Yay. <laughs> I mean, that feels right. Cause I'm like about to come back to life. So there is a sort of like, there is a sort of joy that I am imposing from the context of the fiction, but I think it feels right. Yeah. I especially like, um, with, with the magician of like, you see all of this, and now imagine what I could do if I actually had any of the ability that I was boasting about. Yeah. Imagine what we could do. Mm-hmm. So, we should play from the Arbiter's deck, but I don't know what it's, what this answer is for. I don't know what the question is. I mean, so I guess, it- I guess the question is like, does raised glass bring me back to godhood? That's a real good fucking question. Good. All right, cool. Or does it need to be another card? What's that? Hey! <laughs> this is so... Yes! <laughs> oh my god, both of these are so... Oh my god. Ugh. What a good fucking card to pull from. So it's luck. It's a place met a lapse in judgment, a false positive, or a college shot, a shifted spotlight, a lucky win... There's something really deeply sad about a false positive. Mm-hmm. A lucky win is nice because it plays into the hmm hmm. So now we have a chance to decide the tone of this whole story. We do is what we've we been asked as what the deck has just asked us to do. Uh huh. A shifted spotlight also interesting. A mm. called shot also interesting. Yeah. I just, like, I can't, I, like, I feel like we're deciding here between a false positive and a lucky win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And the rest is, is, is kind of, like, detail yeah. to that. Um. <sighs> okay, well, let, let's consider these, right? Let's talk this out. Uh-huh. Um, a lucky win means that the thing that Bartholomew thought would happen happens and uh and you get your your divinity back your yeah. your immortality back uh-huh um which means when you go to confront, confront... satyr chimera will be on an equal level with satyr mm-hmm. a false positive is exactly that except that's just what they think so either i, I think either way what we found out here is that they walk away thinking they have succeeded yes and the question is, are they right? <laughs> I I do love very much the concept of Chimera pouring everything she has, mm-hmm. thinking that she has, that she can get it back. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like a false positive in it is more interesting. Yeah. Because luck, like a lucky win just sort of resolves this arc. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a false positive means it can come up again later. Good, beautiful. Oh, I my... fucking love it. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Poor Chimera. Poor Chimera. Poor Bartholomew. Oh. Oh, these two what? fools. We should we should pick takeaways. This feels like we should roll into a, a different scene. Yeah. But this this feels right. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take the C. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this manifest, and even even if this goes pear shaped, I can still use it. Mm-hmm. I think it's too early to take snake oil. Mm-hmm. A raised glass doesn't feel right, though. You can draw for it for it if you would like. Yeah, and I don't want to take luck because it feels too easy. 
Mm-hmm. If I take luck, then I will be too. Pres- I will be too tempted. I think to play lucky win just because I want to win. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the. That's not how I want to handle that. Hmm. Fiddler's rosin. Hmm. Making do for want of a hor- oh. Aid mm. <laughs> pro. Making do for want of a horseshoe nail. Aid promised but never awarded. Holy shit. Oh my god. Or an artist tool to sweeten and empower clarity and strength through friction. Incredible. Oh my god. This fucking... Oh. (laughs) This deck is handing me tragedy and I am choosing it. (laughs) Is the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that what's on the menu? Yes, I will take two. Uh, What haven't we seen the last of? This one feels like luck. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. So what remains is a challenge, a gift, a revelation, a cataclysm, or a vision, a sabotage. I could see a vision, a sabotage for getting into the sun. Mm-hmm. But also we've run against, we're running on three hours now. Yeah, we should get, we should cut to the chase, I think. Yeah, so let's start with, uh, let's go with a duel. Um, oh, did we already use that one? Yeah, we already used that. Okay, so wait, we, what do we have left? We have a vision, a sabotage, a revelation, a cataclysm, or a challenge, a gift. I am leaning towards a cataclysm. Yeah, I think no, a revelation, a cataclysm is really good. Okay, cool. In the sense, we don't have to like pick yet, right? No. Okay, yeah. Then a revelation, a cataclysm, <laughs> and this is great because it puts shadow thorns and snake oil on the desire like right next to each other. <laughs> Hell yeah! Which is like the whole thing, right? It is. It is. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Wait, did we? Est- There's one thing I'm not sure we established yet. Sure, what's up? What is the lie that Bartholomew told? Oh God, boy, howdy. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, so the lie that Bartholomew told to uh, the witch Chimera huh? was like, I don't have the words for it. I, Sasha, cannot light it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but um. It is, I think, similar to it's 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 similar mechanically uh-huh. to like healing an enemy boss so that the um, the health overflows from like the, the top number to the bottom number. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but in reverse. I, but in reverse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This sense of like, oh, you were. This is not death. This is more life than you know what to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And you are only like, just beyond the threshold, and. Maybe it worked. Or it didn't, I guess is the thing. Or it's like, it's... Yeah, it's it's maintaining this sort of paradox where you are overflowing with vitality, but you are just beyond the gate. Mm-hmm. So you cannot cross that gate again because you're already over it. Yeah. But you don't have to continue if you don't want to. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about Cataclysm. Let's talk about Cataclysm. Our cores are scholar and fortune, scholar, scrivener, documentarian, insatiably critical and curious, overwhelming and underpaid, dispassionate and sleep-deprived mood. Uh, (laughs) Fortune, abundant harvest, a missed opportunity, hesitation, or rotten luck, a persistent rumor, a nagging instinct. Who? Okay. (sighs) So, 
and this is this is tied to the world's desire to the warlock satyr's desire which is shadow thorns mm. shadow bone sprites whose blank eyes blink and sharp mouths chatter mm-hmm. what i kind of want to do with this mm-hmm. is i want to involve the shadow thorns themselves and the sort of process that you've had uh, retrieving them from the satyr's grasp yeah. the warlock satyr's grasp mm-hmm. retrieving is generous Retrieving is generous, yes. I want to be clear that she is, like, reverse-taking them. Mm-hmm. But when I say reverse-taking them, I just mean that they work for her now. These are not, like, free agents. Um, yeah. She is very much using them. I always think there's something interesting about rotten luck, a nagging instinct, a persistent rumor up on the core. Mm. In the sense of, like, there is the bad luck that it didn't work. There is a nagging survival instinct that she shouldn't have if she's immortal. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But I don't know what Scholar does to that. Scholar, I think, is... Um, so, Chimera began this entire gambit by telling a story mm-hmm. um, that is very common. It's, you know, the, the Cinderella of this world. It's... Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also the Cinderella in the sense... I think one of the things is, like, Cinderella ends and this is, like, and now I'm still trying to find the prince or whatever. yeah. And I think that there is a sense of falling into a pattern here. Um, I think that there is a sense of kind of deja vu in that, like, I have definitely done this specific dance with the Warlock Seder before. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember if that ended well. I probably didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's... Okay, so Seder accepts this gift right opens the fortress mm-hmm. and and has decided to put the glowing gem of your existence the mm-hmm. sort of fluid light into uh his library into his collection mm-hmm. to take scholar somewhat somewhat literally um god it really is oryx too right like this is the grave of worlds <laughs> yeah a curiosity entirely isomorphic with hate god that's a hell of a sentence you just said oh i'm quoting i'm quoting the i'm quoting destiny lore that's not me oh destiny good actually amazing Uh Uh, (laughs) and you're not the only trophy here there are rows and rows and i think that ooh, i think that you find the other like forms of your own corpse here oh god oh my god a nagging instinct and oh my god a persistent rumor oh uh, rotten luck, a persistent rumor, a nagging instinct. Fuck, it sure is, isn't it? It sure fucking is, ain't it? Mm-hmm. What do you do? <laughs> I am overwhelmed and underpaid. I am dispassionate and sleep-deprived. And I just, like, I don't want to deal with this. So I take my own divinity, which I think is part of me again. My own divinity, like, these aren't all mine. But I take the one that I just got, uh, because I think it's part of me. And I go to do battle with Seder. And, like, I may not be a god, but I am still the witch chimera. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, I battle like a god battles, right? We are taking, we are wielding the coronas of the sun against each other. The log arcs of nuclear fire. Mm -hmm. um, The currents of splitting and fusing gases. And I can't imagine it goes well, but let's draw a card and find out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of place um bartholomew and their crew in in the scene a little bit uh-huh. which is for the sake of scale for the show right for the for the the viewer um is the ship 
Yeah. Just completely dwarfed by this enormous battle. Uh-huh. Um, Angel, ancient machinery abandoned in disrepair, but also, like, the Arbiter divine, a single-minded holy force. Yeah. There's nothing we can do but watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's find out what happens. Oh, these are both so... Glacier, the tip of the iceberg, a grave underestimation. Oh my god. Eons pass, frozen in ice, glacial drift slowly carving canyons. I'm interested in eons pass, glacial drift slowly carving canyons. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think a grave underestimation is easy to say, oh, I lose. Yeah. Um... Or that you win, really. Like, yeah, and we just throw it at one of them and be like, "Okay, that's a victory." So let's 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 pivot to something more interesting. So this is on a galactic scale. This fight, it's it's on the solar system fight, but yeah, I think it definitely it's a galactic scale in the sense of we have been at war for so long. But this particular fight is just like inside the star system. Yeah, hmm. yeah. God, there's like the glacial drift, slowly carving canyons of the millennia that you two have been clashing swords Mm -hmm. right yeah leading up to this point yeah right there's like there's you know i said earlier star a black hole by black hole by neutron star by supernova yeah like the wreckage of our war is littered across the galaxy but i wonder if there's a way to make that smaller Mm. because to some degree Seder has been frozen in ice i mean you know not literally, but mm-hmm. they've been trapped inside the sun for so long. I'm going to do a magic trick. Huh? So these huge displays of power, these... Oh, okay. This... Sorry, I thought you meant you, Sasha, were going to do a magic trick. No, <laughs> Bartholomew's going to do a magic trick. I'm playing magician. Uh-huh. These huge displays of power are rippling across the ether and tapping into the sun in a way that hasn't been seen, that hasn't been done before up to this point. And... Bartholomew makes a call, and the Veneer Corporation begins its work, and catalyzes all the ether coming off into the void. Oh my god. And is going to starve the warlock satyr. <sighs> okay. Is that enough? I think, I, I think it is enough. I think it would work. All that said, I think I have a card to play, and I'm currently deciding... Absolutely. Also, uh, since we're at the end of the game, we should keep our Atropos cards in mind, because that's the last card that we'll play. Yes. Okay. Here's what I do. I'm going to play Fiddler's Rosin, an artist's tool to sweeten and empower, clarity and strength through friction. Which is that I think Chimera sees this. And I think Chimera has decided that she will not let her tools betray her. And I think she puts Bartholomew through, let me know if this is okay, but I think she puts Bartholomew through an accelerated version of the Thorn process. Holy shit. Which is, yeah, which is, she puts him into the shadow state herself so she can take him back from it as one of hers. Wow. That is, I'm cool with that. That is fucking terrifying. Uh Uh-huh. Shit. Okay. Um, hmm. I sort of, I, I like, I wonder if that's enough to win. I've got a couple of cards that are really good for that, and I'm trying to decide which one is better. Mm-hmm. I mean, Priestess is also good, crackling with power, mired in blood, and melancholic and distant, but like, Godless, a paradigm shift, a loss of faith, a scientific impossibility, and Leviathan, a mindless hunger, a tireless machine, crude oil burning in seawater. Yeah, these are like every single one of your cards 
implies something fantastic about what happens here. All of these are good is the problem! Mm -hmm. Fuck me up! Um... I do like being a space monster. I do like being a weird hole in the world. I do like being a locus of, of lightning. I do like being an abyss that light has never touched. There is something to be said also for the sea. Or, or the other side of the sea. Um, or both sides of the sea. Sunken treasures, <laughs> the kiss of the surf against the shore, nets full of fish. You have brought this to me, and it is in fact my birthday. So thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, Sasha. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um... Okay, keeping in mind my Atropos, which is Second Son, um, I think whatever this is is going to be bombastic and in some way temporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be the sea. Okay. So you reach out, and it's not hard at all yeah. to grasp onto Bartholomew. You already have this connection with them, and like turn them inside out. Like yeah, the smoke and mirrors that they've been attesting to right that like sort of circulate their concept of an identity Mm -hmm. are pointed in the other direction which is i feel i i my inclination is to say this is enough yeah to defeat Seder. absolutely but there is a part of me that's like we have to draw and i'm trying i'm those those parts of me are fighting right now at the very least for the aftermath if not for Seder. Yeah, and that's, not for that's the fair. fight itself. Yeah, for the fallout, for the aftermath. I like that. Yeah. So if you would do the honors, please. Wait, before we get there, um, mm. I think there's. I think it is. That's what it takes: is turning the smoke and mirrors outward into this space around the sun, surrounded by this like small sea of ether, surrounded by the void, where through Bartholomew, Chimera just controls everything. And she takes Seder apart, piece by piece. And then Aftermath. What's the fallout of this? Oh my god. Yo! (laughs) Yo! We have drawn The Hunter, The Wolf in the Woods, The Monster in the Water, or Fur-Laden and Sharp-Eyed, Color of Herbs, Harbinger of Extinction. Yo! This game rules! This god is dead. This god is D-E-D dead. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. There's a... Yeah. And, uh-huh. And Chimera, and Chimera has a new monster. Yeah, sure do. You sure do. <sighs> oh, fuck me up. Unseated mirrors unreflected in lights. Are you shitting me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I turned you inside oh, out. God. And now you're... Because mis- you turned me inside out. Also, I love Stricken for Mystery here. Yeah. This is my Atropos. Um, and it's like every everyone I mean everyone knows about this. Every like there are accounts of this forever. Mm-hmm. Um and there is there is no doubt in anyone's mind about uh about the witch chimera and her power. Nothing no doubt at all. Mm-hmm. But like no one talks about lax if they can avoid it. Yeah. And I think my Atropos is progenitor. There's a precedent of familial tie or the water of the womb, or there's um, a surrogate, a found family, the blood of the covenant, which feels more right. I think this is the sort of birth of the faith of the witch Chimera, 
um, this is the birth of sort of the new faith of, of the faith of monsters, as it were. <sighs> so good. And like Bartholomew Lacks is the first angel. And I think I think the star system is safe, right? I think Hermes and Synapse 2 and Melisma and Coral and Pinnacle are fine. The infection fades, the shadow thorns sort of expire. Chimera takes those she can, but a lot of them just give out. Without the plague, there isn't much reason to build the void in anymore. And maybe Veneer will still keep wanting to do that. But that's not Chimera's concern. She has dealt with the threats that are beyond these people to deal with. They can deal with their own self. They can deal with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think she goes out into the universe with a new faith to build. Does she bring Lax with oh, of her, course. or does yeah. Lax orbit? No, she brings Lax with her. Okay. Bartholomew Lax is the first angel of the Witch Chimera. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The shimmering right hand. Yeah. That's what it is, right? Bartholomew still has Chimera's divinity, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She couldn't wield that on her own. But she can wield it through them. Yeah. And that's their covenant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh my god, this is this is a this is an amazing game. So the world's atropos, stone soup, find the abundance in fallow ground, squeeze the blood from the stone. They sure did, didn't they? <laughs> they sure fucking did. On on both ends, right? Like finding life just beyond the, the, the precipice of death and also finding absolute abundance in this fucking like 2d person of a con man like Mm -hmm. absolutely the fallow ground of bartholomew is now just it is squeezing blood from a stone right like bartholomew is not a person who gives no no they're not (sighs) that spindle wheel this has been a fantastic ride thank you so much (laughs) (sighs) Thank you so much for coming on. That yeah, was a fucking blast. No, I've had this is this was so much fun. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about this story for a long time. Same. Oh wow, I've I've been Sasha. You can find me on Twitter at Sasha underscore Renault. Um, you can find all my game dev stuff at Tea Cabbage, and if you are curious about this game and want to give it a try, it is currently an open beta at tinyurl.com slash spindlewheel-openbeta. You can play it for absolutely free. Um, for um, more information, you can go to tcabbage.com slash spindlewheel. Kavi, uh, where can people find you? I'm Kavi. Um, I'm on Twitter at yourgirlkv. Um, you can find Songs for the Dust, which is the game I'm designing, at twitter.com slash dust. We are looking to release the full beta, I guess I would call it, on itch probably by the end of February. Nice. So, like, look forward to that. Um, I think, yeah, that's, that's all my stuff. It will probably be out by the time this episode drops. So, yes, mm. please check that out. It's a great game. Thank you so much for, for coming on. This of course. Thank you for having me. This is fantastic.